Assalamu alaikum. You are listening to a free Seekers Hub Global production made possible through the Knowledge Without Barriers initiative. Please visit us at www.seekershub.org for more information on our online academy, reliable answer service, and engaging media. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuhu. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to facilitate for us benefit from this gathering and that we gain understanding from it that benefits us in our life and enables us to draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're going to look today at the reality of the istikhara prayer, the prayer of seeking guidance. And this is a prayer that is much misunderstood by people. So in order to understand things, it sometimes helps to understand what they're not. And there's a whole number of misconceptions about the istikhara. So let's look at what the istikhara isn't. The first misconception about the istikhara is that it is the prayer of marriage. That if you're going to get, if, if you're thinking of getting married to someone, you should pray istikhara. If your mom suggests um, zubair to you in marriage, that you should pray istikhara. And that's not what the istikhara is about. The istikhara isn't just the marriage prayer. Another misconception is that the istikhara is answered by dreams. So that if you have, an, if you have prayed istikhara, then you have to wait until you get a dream. And that if you see green, this will happen. If you see white, that will happen. And so on. And alhamdulillah, istikhara isn't answered by dreams. Some people, like myself, rarely if ever get dreams. Which would mean we'd never have answers. Another misconception is that that if you're a sinner, then it's best for you to get the istikhara done by someone pious. That too is not quite true. You don't have to ask someone else to make istikhara on your behalf. Yet another misconception is that the istikhara is only for really big things, like something big, marriage, buying a house, etc. You'd pray istikhara. And none of these four misconceptions and other mis- misconceptions hold true. The, the istikhara is for every kind of important decision. And we'll look at the hadith related by Imam Bukhari on the authority of Sayyidina Jabir, which begins that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, used to teach us the istikhara, the, the prayer of seeking guidance, regarding all our matters, regarding all our matters. Just like he would teach us a surah of the Qur'an. So the istikhara is for all matters. Right? The istikhara is for all matters, meaning all important decisions. So what is the istikhara? To understand the istikhara, we'll look first at the linguistic meaning of istikhara. And secondly, we'll touch upon the Islamic reality. What's the reality of the prayer of seeking guidance in Islam? And... The reason that we look at the linguistic meaning of something is not just for the coolness factor, right? So that now you can tell people that, well, not only do I know that there's a prayer called istikhara, but I know that it has a linguistic meaning, guys. No. The reason that we, that whenever something is studied formally in, in, in Islam, people begin by looking at the linguistic meaning is that the formal meaning, the formal meaning in the sharia of terms is a subset of the linguistic meaning. So for example, the word for prayer in Arabic is salah, right? And before 
the, the scholars discusses the prayer as an Islamic action specifically they look what is the linguistic sense of prayer which is a wider concept of which the Islamic meaning is a subset so the prayer in the Arabic language dua uh, salah means dua right it, it's a broad meaning of which the ritual prayer of which we have the five obligatory prayers is a subset but that linguistic meaning gives us insight into what the term means similarly with other terms so what is the istikhara istikhara comes from talabul khair right talabul khair or talabul khira right istikhara comes from seeking the best decision right seeking the best decision or seeking what is right for one right it is from the same root as khair as good right it is seeking the right decision or seeking what is good so this is the linguistic meaning it comes from seeking the good or seeking the right decision then what is the islamic understanding of istikhara istikhara is asking allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make a choice on one's behalf right that one directs oneself to seeking what is best for one as allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses but the root meaning gives us some insight okay, the root meaning gives us some insight what is the insight that the root meaning gives us that the, the prayer the istikhara is the prayer of seeking guidance right the prayer of making the choice what kind of choice to make the best choice possible to make the best choice possible so the purpose of, of the istikhara is that the believer is seeking to make the right choice in life and we recognize that we don't know everything and that we may be not considering certain factors we don't see the bigger picture we don't know what might happen in the future so what do we do we take the means to make a decision but then before deciding we suspend our judgment and leave the matter to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we'll see how we leave the matter to allah but there's preconditions right because sometimes what happens is and i get sent a lot of questions so some sister says i married this guy and he's a total loser he doesn't work and he's just relying on my salary and this and that and shaykh i prayed istikhara so why did allah subhanahu wa ta'ala get me stuck with zubair he's such a loser now the question that that arises of course is that on what basis did you make the istikhara on what basis did you make the istikhara because if you're just considering a bad choice right and you ask allah to facilitate it for you and to to decide on it allah you, you, you may choose to go ahead with the decision and it may be better than other bad choices that you would have made but this is there's a sunnah to following the sunnah of the istikhara because and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he taught us the istikhara he gave us the guidance as to how one goes about making the istikhara the legal ruling of the istikhara is that it is a sunnah the istikhara is a sunnah it is highly recommended in our deen the hadith the central hadith about istikhara related by sayyidna jabir 
in Bukhari and elsewhere, the, in it the Prophet ﷺ is mentioned as having taught the companions the istikhara regarding all their affairs. So anything in which one is making a decision, particularly a significant decision, it is recommended to make istikhara. But it doesn't have to be an important decision. Any decision that one is making, if one makes istikhara regarding it, then one will be rewarded, number one, one will find divine assistance, number two. And number three, if one follows the right sunnas of decision-making, then one will also find that one will be facilitated towards the very best decision and will find far greater success than if one just went ahead and made the choice oneself. In order to understand how one goes about making the istikhara in the right way, let's look at the prophetic hadith that we have mentioned before. The hadith of Sayyidina Jabir ibn Abdullah al-Ansari radiallahu ta'ala anhu. May Allah be well pleased with him. And the text of the hadith is as follows. كَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يُعَلِّمُّنَا الْإِسْتِخَارَةَ فِي الْأُمُورِ كُلِّهَا كَمَا يُعَلِّمُنَا السُّورَةَ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ It is related on the authority of Jabir, may Allah be well pleased with him, that he said that the Messenger of Allah, may Allah bless him and give him peace, used to teach us the istikhara, the prayer of seeking guidance, regarding all our affairs, regarding all our affairs just as he would teach us a surah of the Qur'an. So this is a point of pause here for a number of reasons. Number one, that what does the istikhara relate to? Regarding all your affairs, anything whatsoever. And the more important your decision is, the more recommended it would be for you to make the istikhara. But it relates to even small things. I've spent time with some of the scholars who would even pray the istikhara prayer with, of course, the sunnas that we'll be mentioning as to how one goes about performing the istikhara and why one performs it, even regarding what font size they would use in a book that they're publishing, regarding the font size that they'd use in a book that they were publishing. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ used to teach the companions the istikhara regarding all their affairs. And how much emphasis did he give the istikhara? The hadith continues, just as he used to teach us a surah of the Qur'an. How did the Prophet ﷺ teach the companions a surah of the Qur'an? He used to teach them the Qur'an with concern. He used to make sure they got it right. So he used to recite the Qur'an to them and they used to memorize it. And he used to check their memorization to make sure they got it right. So there's a number of things here. This tells us about both the importance of the istikhara and also the importance and virtue of this particular wording, right? this particular wording, that the istikhara fulfills a general sunnah of seeking Allah's guidance, but there's also the specific sunnah of seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's guidance regarding one's affairs and consigning one's affairs to Allah in this specific way, which is the istikhara. And then the hadith continues, يَقُولْ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ إِذَا هَمَّ أَحَدُكُمْ بِالْأَمْرِ مِنْ غَيْرِ الْفَرِيضَةِ ثُمَّ الْيَقُلْ if the, and, and Sayyidina Jabir mentions that the Prophet ﷺ used to say, if one of you is inclined towards a matter, right, is inclined towards a matter, i.e. if one of you is seeking to make a decision regarding a matter, 
then let them pray two rak'ahs of other than the obligatory prayer. Let, then, then let them pray two rak'ahs of other than the obligatory prayer. So the best thing with the istikhara prayer is that one prays two separate rak'ahs having intended specifically the istikhara prayer. However, if one is in a rush, then you can also pray the istikhara prayer by combining its intention with another prayer besides your obligatory prayer. So for example, it's, it's dhuhr time, you prayed the fard of dhuhr, the obligatory dhuhr prayer. Afterwards, you're praying the sunnah that comes after dhuhr, but you're in a rush, you got to get to class. So what can you do? The sunnahs that come after dhuhr, you could also combine the intention that I'm praying the sunnah of dhuhr and istikhara. That is also valid. It is best to do it with a two rak'ah prayer, but if one does it with a four rak'ah sunnah, if one wishes, then the ulama have given permission of that and there's some basis in the practice of the early Muslims with respect to that. But the best thing is that one does this as a separate two rak'ah prayer. And the Prophet ﷺ said, of other than the obligatory prayer, if one is completely pressed, right? you have an exam coming up, and just before the exam, to make things difficult, Uncle Latif, whose daughter you're trying to marry for the last 11 years, finally gives you a call seven minutes before the exam and you have your dhuhr prayer to, still to pray and says, Beta, you can marry Khadija, but I need the answer in two and a half hours. And you have a two-hour exam coming up. What are you going to do? You want to pray the istikhara, but you have... So where are you going to do it? Because there's no time. You could even do it with the fard prayer as, but that is less optimal. You can also, as we shall see, make just the dua of istikhara. Right? You're not on wudu, you're going to work, you got a job, of, job offer, you got to make a decision in a couple of minutes. You could recite just the dua. Or if a sister is not praying at that, at, at that time of the month, you can make just the dua. And then, what if you don't even know the dua? You have to make an important decision, you're in the middle of nowhere, and you don't know the dua. And you don't have the dua handy. And you can't get on the internet to look it up on Google. And you're stuck. So what do you do? In that situation, you just make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to facilitate the best decision. Because the istikhara prayer is the prayer of seeking guidance. The prayer of asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you make the best decision. And this is a specific dua to fulfill a number of sunnas, of outward and inward sunnas, the sunnah of seeking guidance from Allah, of consigning one's affair to Allah, etc. And if you don't know the specific dua, then you've missed out on the specific sunnah of istikhara, but you can fulfill a more general sunnah of seeking Allah's guidance through using your own words. But the specific words are emphasized and one should learn them. One should learn these specific words. If you haven't yet learnt them, a useful thing that many people do, most of us go around, wherever we're going around in life, with a wallet. So write it out or print it out and keep it in your wallet. If you have, a, you know, uh, if you have an iPhone or whatever, you could even take an, a picture of it so you can look at the picture, right? But learn it. And the easiest way of learning something is to act upon it. The great master of hadith, Imam Waqir, who was a student of Imam Abu Hanifa and also one of the main teachers of Imam Shafi'i, he used to say that we used to seek assistance in memorizing 
the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ through acting on it. It was through acting on the prophetic hadiths that they would learn them. So you want to learn the dua of istikhara? Make istikhara regularly in your life and you'll find that you'll learn the dua. Right? Learning by doing. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, then having prayed the two rakahs, then, then say, and let's look at the dua itself now, Allahumma inni astakhiruka bi'ilmik wa astaqdiruka biqudratik wa as'aluka min fadlika al-azim Oh Allah, I ask you to choose by your knowledge and I ask you to assist by your power and I ask you of your tremendous bounty of your tremendous bounty فَإِنَّكَ تَقْدِرْ وَلَا أَقْدِرْ وَتَعْلَمْ وَلَا أَعْلَمْ وَأَنْتَ عَلَّامُ الْغُيُوبِ For you know, for, sorry, for you are able, and I am not able. And you know, and I know not. And you are indeed the knower of all unseen. And then we ask for the, you know, we ask for regarding the matter, but look here, right? What, what, what are we asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? There's, it begins by a statement of purpose. Why are you making this dua? The, the dua begins by telling us that. You say, Oh Allah, right? Allahumma, right? And this is this comes from our sense of tawheed, the basis of our oneness of Allah, for affirmation of the oneness of Allah, that Allah alone is worthy of worship, He alone is worthy of submitting to, is our realization of our utter neediness for Allah. Said, oh Allah, right? You're making a decision, you realize how desperately needy you are of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As one of the great prophets said in the Quran, Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin faqeer. Oh Lord, I am in desperate need of any good that you may send me. And some of the Sahaba mentioned that what, what he was asking Allah for was just some bread to eat. Right? Which is not a big thing, but this is the prophetic impulse, the sense of absolute neediness to Allah. So, oh, oh Allah, I ask you, inni astakhiruka, I ask you to, to assist me, to help me decide. I ask you for the good by your knowledge and your power. Right? And I seek assistance. Right? I seek your power. Right? I seek assistance by your power. And I ask you of your tremendous bounty. Because we're seeking the good. Where does the good come from? The good comes from God. For you, for, you are, for you are able and I am unable. You are powerful and I'm not powerful. And you know and I don't. right? Because we think that certain things benefit us and other things may harm us. But we really don't know what choice will ultimately be of our good. Because matters, as the Prophet ﷺ told us, are by their consequences. الأمور إنما الأعمال بالخواتيم Verily actions are by their endings right? So something may not have been to your advantage You really wanted to marry Lubna But she didn't want to marry you And her dad had wanted nothing to do with you right? Not becoming doctor right? And he rejected you So now you're dejected But there would be the answer to your istikhara that maybe Lubna was the worst thing that could have happened to your life in ways that you don't know. So for Allah, you are able and I'm unable. 
you know and I don't. And you know you are indeed the all-knower, the alam, the one who has absolute knowledge of all unseen, of al-ghuyub, right? And the, the ghayb is that which you have no knowledge of, right? Is the things that most people, that people do not have knowledge of, right? And what's going to happen in the future? And how, how the road of life will lead you, given a certain decision that you make? This is from the unseen. You don't, we don't know. So here is how you frame your request. That you are seeking that Allah assist you in making the best and most be beneficial decision. Because He knows and He is able. And He is the one who is the bestower of all good. And you are unable and unknowing and weak and feeble. And then you are inclined towards making a decision regarding a certain matter. So you say, Allahumma. إِنْ كُنْتَ تَعْلَمُ أَنَّ هَذَا الْأَمْرَ خَيْرٌ لِي فِي دِينِي وَمَعَاشِي وَعَاقِبَةِ أَمْرِي That, oh Allah, if you know that this matter, and when you say this matter, هَذَا الْأَمْرِ You mention the particular thing. Right? And you can say it in English, if you don't know Arabic, or you, you can say it in Arabic, and if you don't know, you can, the, the ulama tell us that you can just say the words هَذَا الْأَمْرِ and you bring to mind this matter, right? This matter. And you bring to mind what it is that you're making the decision regarding. Khairul Lee, O Allah, if you know that this matter is better for me, Fidini wa ma'ashi wa amri in my religion and in my worldly life and in my ultimate, in, in the end of my affair, Awqala. Or the Prophet ﷺ said, Ajili amri wa ajilihi. Or he said, regarding my immediate future and my distant future. Then, what? Faqdurhu li. Then, destine it for me. Wa yassirhu li. And facilitate it for me. Thumma barik li fi. Then, bless me in it. Grant me blessing in it. And what is blessing? Blessing is increase. The barakah. Baraka is that secret of increase that you find. So this is what you're asking Allah. Right? You're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to facilitate for you the best and most advantageous decision in every way. If you know, O oh Allah, that this matter is best for me, not just in what I like or dislike now, but nor just in my religion, nor just in my life, but whatever is best for me in my religion and in my worldly life, both immediate and long-term, then decree it for me and facilitate it for me and bless me in it. Allahumma, O oh Allah, وَإِن كُنْتَ تَعْلَمُ أَنَّ هَذَا الْأَمْرَ شَرٌ لِي فِي دِينِي وَمَعَاشِي وَعَاقِبَةِ أَمْرِي And O oh Allah, if you know that this matter, and you either name the matter, or when you say هَذَا الْأَمْرِ, you just bring to mind the thing that you're asking Allah to make a decision regarding. If you know that this matter is worse for me or is bad for me in my religion, fi dini wa ma'ashi, and in my worldly life, wa aqibati amri, and the end of my affairs, or he said, ajili amri wa ajilihi, or in my immediate affair and in my long-term future, fasrifhu anni, then turn it away from me, 
وصرفني عنه and turn me away from it وقدر لي الخير حيث كان and destine the good for me wherever it may be ثم ثم ارضني به and then make me pleased with it then make me content with it so this is the istikhara right and if you begin unpacking its meanings you realize how complete a toolkit this is it's a divinely granted toolkit for decision making right it directs you to the right kind of decision to make that you are seeking what is best for you but you recognize that you really don't know what's best for you so who do you turn to you you turn to the one who really knows to allah to the one who's really able allah and you ask him by his bounty for he is the merciful and generous and you approach him with a sense of neediness and when you ask regarding the matter so you framed your asking and when you ask you define that you're asking allah for the greatest widest and most lasting benefit both in your religion and you mention your religion first because it's more important and your worldly life and in your worldly life not just your immediate future but your long term benefit because the journey of life can be long and something can be initially of benefit but it can turn out to be very sour so this is the dua of istikhara and then at the end we have a statement that is very significant right that we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not just to facilitate what's best for us but in the end it says waqdur lil khayr haythu kan and destined for me the good wherever it may be and destined for me the good wherever it may be because as they say al khayr fi allah the good is in what allah decides right so you're asking allah to destine the good for you wherever it may be and here you you ask allah for the, your in your heart you're seeking the good from allah regarding this matter and regarding everything else in life and you ask him for the good and then you say thumma thumardini bih and make me then content with it you ask allah for his rida yani to, to find contentment in your heart regarding whatever is good because very often you something is good for you but it feels bitter and heavy and you really didn't want to do it no you want to be contented with it because contentment in divine decree is from faith itself and then this also tells us of course why we perform istikhara why do we perform istikhara we perform istikhara because we're ask we're seeking the good in our lives right the elan of the believer is summarized in that dua that's in surah al-baqarah in verse 201 and that summarizes the attitude of the believer rabbana atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana waqina adhab an-nar that o oh lord grant us the good of this life and the good of the next you seek the relative good of this life and the absolute good of the next life so when you are going to make a decision you ask allah for the khair for the good in every way right and that's why we perform the istikhara because we realize that we don't know where the good may lie with respect to our future then the next question is when do we perform the istikhara do we perform the istikhara at any time regarding any thing and legally you can perform the istikhara at any time the prayer itself the only exception is that you can't perform the prayer of istikhara 
in a disliked time. There's certain times, and these differ between the schools of Islamic law, um, but there's certain times, such as after the Asr prayer, um, after praying the Fard of Fajr, according to some of the schools of Islamic law, and right before the Lord time enters, these three times, which are disliked times of prayer, as established in the prophetic hadiths, in those times one would not perform the istikhara. Similarly, if a sister is not praying, it's that time of the month for her, she's in her period, then she would not pray, perform the prayer of istikhara. But if you have to make a decision, if you can wait, wait. If you can't, then you can make just the dua. Then you can make just the dua. Then, so if you can't perform the salat al-istikhara, what do you do? You can't perform it because it's a disliked time or you're in a situation, you're on the bus and you have to make a snap decision. Just recite the dua. If the if sister is in that time of the month, just recite the dua. What if you don't know the dua? Well, the first thing to know is that the strong, the Prophet ﷺ told us the strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak believer, though there's good in both. Who is the strong believer? The Prophet ﷺ told us in the very same hadith. And the ulama tell us that it is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us the Quran as guidance. And the Prophet ﷺ is an embodiment of guidance. So at no time do you find a call to something in the Qur'an or in the Sunnah, except that right in that call or after that call, you find a means of fulfilling what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa are calling you to. So the Prophet sallallahu say, the strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak believer, though there's good in both. Now, the Prophet sallallahu didn't just tell us this to say, oh cool, there's strong believers and there's weak believers. Hey, that's interesting. No. It's in order that we strive to be a strong believer. How do you become a strong believer? The same hadith tells us, Ihris Be avid for all that benefits you. Be avid for all that benefits you. That is the sign of the, of the strong believer. They're avid, they're keen for all that's benefit, of all that is of benefit to them in life. They are concerned for their benefit. So the strong believer, they, they're prepared. The strong believer is prepared. You don't know the dua, so you say, okay, well, I may need to make this dua at various times in my life. It's so important. In any decision that I'm going to be making in life that's significant, I should pray. And then recite this dua. Praying two rak'ahs doesn't take more than a minute or two, right? If you pray them um, briefly. Reciting the dua takes no more than 30 seconds. So you, you get eternal facilitation for two, and a half, two to two and a half minutes of effort, which is a pretty good return. So if you don't know the dua, write it down. Right? Write it down, keep it with you. And if you, did, you didn't have it, then look it up on the internet. Right? There's many things you can do. But if you can't and you need to make a decision, then just raise your hands and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the meanings that you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for in the dua of istikhara, in whatever language, right? But you should strive to say this particular dua because as it's come in the hadith of Sayyidina Jabir, the Prophet used to teach us this, the istikhara as he would teach us a surah of the Qur'an, as he would teach us a surah of the Qur'an. And the Prophet ﷺ told us that the it is from the felicity of a person that they make istikhara. 
right? Maybe it's from a felicity of a person that they seek Allah's guidance regarding their affairs and then that they be content about it. So it's a no-brainer. Be prepared. Be a strong believer. Now there's certain sunnahs of istikhara, right? Because the sunnah tells us not only what to do, but it is a pattern of excellence regarding what we do. Right? The, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't just tell us regarding the Messenger وسلم, that He is our exemplar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not tell us that verily you have in the Messenger of Allah and the example for you in life. No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that verily you have in the Messenger of Allah the most beautiful of examples. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا The most beautiful of examples. The most excellent of examples. The most virtuous of examples. So the sunnah is the most, gives us the considerations by which we can act with excellence. So what are the sunnahs of istikhara? There's some sunnahs that relate to before you go ahead and pray the istikhara. Right? So let's say, for example, um, you're thinking of buying a car. You're thinking of buying a car and someone suggested that you buy this GM uh, hybrid that apparently is all that, but you're kind of kind of worried because you're, a finance major and you realize that GM isn't doing all too well and what you know there's all these considerations so you don't know what to do so there's certain you don't just jump and do the istikhara you don't just jump and do the istikhara firstly before you do the istikhara know what you're seeking and why and the Salat al-Istikhara tells us why when you're making a decision what are you seeking you're seeking the greatest widest and most lasting good for you you are seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What, what decision regarding this matter, even worldly matters, have eternal implications? Right? Because if you spend the money on the car, you may not be able to spend it on going to that conference at the end of the year. Right? And that conference may have been a means for you to, to benefit tremendously or whatever. So know what you're seeking. You're seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How? Through seeking the greatest, widest, and most lasting good, both in your deen, in your religion, and in your worldly life. So that's what you're seeking. So when you go about asking Allah to help you make the best decision, and to facilitate it for you, and to decree it for you, know what you're seeking. Because, وَإِنَّمَا لِكُلِّ مْرِئٍ مَا نَوَى As the Prophet ﷺ told us in the hadith of intention, that actions are by their intentions, and each person shall have whatever they sought. So if in your istikhara you just did istikhara just for the sake of it, you may find some benefit, you know, some, some bonus benefit in the decision that you're trying to make. You may find some ex a little extra facilitation, etc. And you're still better off than not having made it. But if you don't know what you're seeking, then, you know, it's like they say, if, um, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Right? And you might, might get stuck with Brother Zubair, who wasn't, really the best person for you to marry. That's the first um, consideration. The second is you're trying to make the best decision. So in order to, to, to choose, you have to find out the relevant details. So re before you consign the matter to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you got to do your own homework too, right? So what you're going to make a decision, find out, right? The thought occurred that maybe I should buy a hybrid car to find out how much it'll cost, how it'll fit in your finances, and all the other relevant details, right? And then you reflect on those details. Consider how those details will impact on your life. So you're, think, you're thinking things through. 
And this is a sunnah, the Prophet ﷺ said, that that circumspection, thinking things through, brings nothing but the good. The Prophet ﷺ said, and haste is from the devil. And one of the great benefits at a purely worldly level of istikhara is that it helps you have circumspection, helps you think things through. It helps you avoid hasty decisions. They say haste makes waste, right? And we and the Prophet ﷺ told us that haste is from the devil. And then, having looked at these relevant details, things that you don't really know that much about, consult. Right? Consult. The Prophet ﷺ told us, no one who consults is remorseful. No one who consults is remorseful. But who do you consult? You can... You consult those worthy of consulting, right? You consult those worthy of consulting. It, and, it, you know, it doesn't mean that anything that's important, you go call Imam Suhaib Web and say, Yo, Imam Suhaib, I'm thinking of doing such and such. Because Imam Suhaib may be able to help you if you're thinking of going to Al-Azhar or you have a religious question. But does Imam Suhaib... Well, Imam Suhaib's pretty cool. He knows a lot about many things. But you're, you're thinking, what kind of what um, area you should specialize in, in neurosurgery, Imam Sahib may not know, right? So you consult those relevant of consulting. That is the third sunnah before istikhara. Then, having done all that, having set your ultimate goal, why you, what is the governing consideration that you're seeking the pleasure of Allah, you're seeking the greatest, widest, and most lasting good in your deen and your dunya, and then having considered all the relevant details and their potential consequences, having, having consulted those worthy of consulting, we're relevant, right? We're relevant. Then there's a fourth adab, which is you suspend your preference. Don't jump to making a decision. Right? You've considered everything. So, okay, this is what I'm doing. No. Wait. Suspend your preference. And this, again, is... If you look at what people tell us in management and stuff, very often the... The, very often the initial incl inclination you have about something is right but very often it is critically flawed because you haven't because you know you may you may have considered many things but the reality of your considerations hasn't sunk in so suspend your preference right just wait and what do you do the fifth adab is that you consign the matter to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is called tafwil tafwil consigning the matter to Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us in the Qur'an to say, and this is one of the Qur'anic du'as, وَأُفَوِّضُ أَمْرِي إِلَى اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ بَصِيرٌ بِالْعِبَادِ And I consign my matter to Allah, for Allah indeed is aware of His servants. So these are five proper manners that precede the istikhara. After that, you pray. The best thing to do is that you make wudu before. The, the, the optimal case, like, you know, you're just hanging out at home, the best thing to do is to make wudu before you pray. Even if you have wudu. Right? One, because the, it is recommended to renew wudu for prayer, particularly because this is an important decision. And the wudu itself has a settling impact on one's, on oneself and one's thinking, and it sort of clears your mind. And then you pray. You pray two rak'ahs right, of other than the obligatory prayer as has come in the hadith, if you are able to. And then 
you make the dua after the prayer. These are the three steps. A thing to consider and to keep in mind is the attitude in the dua. What is dua? The Prophet ﷺ told us, dua That dua is the very essence of worship. Dua is the very essence, it's the marrow of worship. And in other authentic hadiths, the Prophet ﷺ told us, Dua is worship itself. Why? Because worship is complete submission, complete abasement to one's Lord. It is complete realization of your absolute neediness to Allah, of this reality Allah tells us in the Qur'an that Ya nas, antum al-fuqara'u ilallah O people, you are the ones in absolute need for Allah. Wallahu huwa al-ghaniyul hamid And Allah alone is the one absolutely free of need and worthy of all praise. So the attitude in dua in this dua is of absolute neediness. Right? That prophetic attitude that we mentioned, like the prophetic dua mentioned in the Quran, Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin faqeer. O Lord, I am in absolute need of any good that you may send me. This is the attitude in the dua. The dua is not just an action of the tongue, it is a motion of the heart. The dua, in the dua, you, you move. Not only your tongue, but you strive to move your heart and your entirety in a sense of absolute neediness to Allah. Right? And what is your need? Your need is a general need for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for His pleasure and a sense of neediness regarding this particular matter that you, you are in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assisting you to make the best and most advantageous decision. When does one make the dua? According to the majority of the scholars, the dua comes after the prayer, you finish the prayer, after you say the salams, you remain seated and you make the dua. And the, the scholars tell us that looking at the prophetic practice and how the Sahaba and early Muslims implemented the istikhara, that it is that one observes the other adab, the other proper manners of dua. Amongst them, that one begins with praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? So you don't just jump straight into the istikhara. Then this is a common um, error that some people make, but classical scholars and, and contemporary scholars as well, such as Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen and others have mentioned that you begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. And then you send blessings on the Prophet sallallahu and the best way of sending blessings on the Prophet sallallahu is the way the Prophet sallallahu taught us, which is to make the Salat al-Ibrahimiyyah, right? What in the Sukhan they call the Durud Sharif, right? Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala Ali Muhammad kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala Ali Ibrahim wa barik ala Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad kama barakta ala Ibrahim inna ka hamidun majid so you, make, so you begin by praise of Allah and sending blessings on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then you make the salat al-istikhara and you close by blessing the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well because that's the general sunnah of dua that is the general sunnah of dua and one upholds that here as well Right? And many of the ulama mention that the general sunnah of the Prophet's du'as are to repeat it three times. Right? Are to repeat it three times. So, and this is at the same time. When you're making the du'a, you, 
you repeat the dua itself three times. This is good to do. Why? Because we know the general teaching of the Prophet ﷺ that he would repeat his duas three times. And there's a wisdom behind that, that very often the first time you say it, you're not quite there in the peace of, presence of mind. You don't have the presence of mind. You just open the dua book. You just got to the section and you're focused on trying to get the pronunciation right and so on. Right? So you repeat it three times and that's the best thing to do. You don't have to. But that is also uh, interpreted from the prophetic practice by many of the ulama. Because it's a general call the Prophet ﷺ made that when we make dua, that we repeat it three times. So we say after the prayer. During the prayer, right, during the prayer, we, you know, that, that precedes the actual dua, we should be particularly careful to have presence of heart in, in that prayer. To be particularly conscious of our neediness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because you're seeking Allah's pleasure. And that He facilitates something for you. Right? That is to... That, and it, the, the istikhara itself is an expression of your sincerity to Allah. So if you're striving to be sincere to Allah, then you, know, you should strive to have presence of heart in the prayer. Right? And then after you make the dua, there's a couple of questions. The first is, is it enough to make the istikhara once? Is it enough to make the istikhara once? And sometimes you make the istikhara once and then what is best for you seems very clear. It's very clear. And that may be enough. But if it's not clear for you, then you can repeat it. Right? Then you can repeat it. And you may want to repeat it three times, or up to seven times, but one shouldn't get excessive, right? Because the believer has determination as well. And just putting things off for no purpose is not from the way of the believer as well. But if it's an important decision or you're not quite sure what is best, then you repeat it several times. Then the common, another common issue comes up. How do you know the answer to your istikhara? How do you know the answer to your istikhara? The answer to your istikhara is not through a dream, though it could be. Right? I mean, if you pray, make istikhara that, oh Allah, should I marry Lubna or not? And then you have this dream that is just awful, and you're very, you wake up and you're convinced that, oh my God, <laughs> this is going to be terrible for my deen. And they say, no, she's, she's so pretty, I should marry her anyways. That is from foolishness, right? That is from foolishness. So it could be in a dream, but... The answer to the istikhara in reality is what what you ask for in the du'a itself. The answer is in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala making you incline towards what is best for you and His facilitating what is best for you in your deen and your dunya, in your religion and in your worldly life, both in your immediate future and in your long-term future. And this is the question that you ask once you've prayed the istikhara and repeated it. What you're, you know, the question you're asking yourself is, what is best for me? And this is what the istikhara is. The, the prayer of seeking guidance regarding what is best for you. So that's how you know the answer. It be starts becoming clear what the best line of action is. It starts becoming clear what the best answer is. And in knowing the answer, we, we, should, we need to look 
just very briefly at some of the sunnas of making decisions. Some of the sunnas of making decisions. What are these sunnas of making decisions? Well, from the sunnas of making decisions, the first is what we touched upon. Know what it is that you're seeking. You are seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are seeking Allah and the eternal good. Verily, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Verily, you have in the Messenger of Allah the most beautiful of examples. For who? لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُوا اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرِ For whoever seeks Allah and the last day. What are you seeking in general in life? And in every decision that you make, you are seeking Allah and the last day. You are seeking the pleasure of Allah and your success, your eternal success. Right? So know what you're seeking. Right? And then know why you're making the istikhara. Right? You're, why you're making the istikhara. What, what is it that you're trying to achieve in this particular thing? So for example, you're buying a car. Know why you're making that decision. You have the broader picture in mind, but specifically, why are you getting a car? What's the point? Right? What are you trying to achieve from it? Right? So you ask. Then, if you know what you're trying to achieve in that particular area where you're making that decision, then you ask yourself, how will you best attain it? How will you best attain it? The Prophet ﷺ told us, be avid for all that benefits you. Be avid for all that benefits you. And then, if you're avid for the, what benefits you, is this the best way of attaining what you're seeking? Right? And this applies also to, to MSAs, right? Very often, I remember from, from my days at, at U of T, and it wasn't University of Texas, but University of Toronto. Right? How will you best attain it? Right? Some, you know, very often, we had some big events. And it was just because we wanted to improve relations with the student council. Right? And we did a whole bunch of activity, whereas it, it may have been better just to invite the president and vice president of the student council to the local Lebanese halal restaurant. They would have probably attained it better. Right? So that's another question to ask oneself. And then the sunnah is that when you're unsure, consult. Before you make a decision, consult. When you're trying to decide and you're not sure, consult. The Prophet wasallam, the, the most intelligent and perspicacious and wise of all humanity, he was commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَشَاوِرْهُمْ فِي الْأَمْرِ And consult them regarding your affairs. And the Prophet ﷺ told us that مَخَابَ مَنِ istashar That no one who consults will be, uh, will lose out. Right? And then, in making decisions, one is deliberate. One is not hasty. One, think, one thinks things through. As we took the Prophet ﷺ said, that deliberation, circumspection, brings nothing but the good. And he also told us, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that haste is from the devil. So one think things through. The, the early Muslim said, مَنْ رَاقَبَ الْعَوَاقِبَ سَلِمْ Whoever considers consequences, remains safe. Remains safe. So th these are some of the sunnahs of decision-making in general. And that's how one decides what's the, the most advantageous outcome. So the, what is the istikhara? The reality of istikhara is that the istikhara is the prayer of seeking success. You are seeking your eternal success. But how do we find our eternal success? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us on tongue of one of the greatest prophets that وَمَا تَوْفِيقِ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ That my success is only by Allah. My success is only by Allah. عَلَيْهِ تَوَكَّلْتُ وَإِلَيْهِ أُنِيبُ That upon Him do I rely and to Him do I turn penitently. Right? 
that my success, what, this is what you seek. You seek success. How do you find it? You find it by turning to Allah and seeking your success through Allah. How? You rely on Him and you turn to Him. You direct yourself to Him. And that, that's what inaba is. And, and the istikhara is one of the characteristics of the strong believer. Who is the strong believer? The strong believer is the one who is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak believer. Though there's good in both, because ultimately they both do believe in Allah. But the strong believer is the one who's seeking the pleasure of Allah. And because they're seeking the pleasure of Allah, what do they do? They're avid for all that benefits them. Ihris ala ma yanfa'uk, said the Prophet And how do you do it? Ihris ala ma yanfa'uk, wasta'in billah. And trace your reliance upon Allah. وَلَا تَعْجَزْ And do not deem yourself incapable because you are not seeking by yourself, you're seeking through the all-powerful, the one who knows even though you don't, the one who's able even if you're not, the one who knows all that is unseen, he knows all the consequences. So anytime you seek what is right through the one who has all might, you will succeed. You will succeed. So the istikhara is a key to success. The, the istikhara is a tremendous means of success. Right? It, and this is why the early Muslims, the, the Sahaba used to stick to this so firmly. Right? They used to stick, stick to this so firmly because they heard the Messenger wasallam say that it is from the... It is from the felicity of a human being that they seek Allah's guidance. And it is from the felicity of a human being that they be content with what Allah decrees for them. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be of those who seek success and who take the right means of seeking it. One of the most powerful and tried and tested means, one of the great spiritual keys to success that our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam taught us is the istikhara. So we should make a commitment that in any decision we make, particularly decisions of significance, but also to make it a routine that in your decision making, even simple things that you wouldn't think that you'd pray istikhara for, make it. Right? Try and see how much benefit you'll find. You're just trying to think which course you should take. Should you take... I found myself in my last year of university and I was just planning to chill out. I was... I had... I took five years to do a four-year degree, and I was last year. You know, I got married. I had, I think, two credits left to finish university, and then I got a curveball. The administration notified me that I hadn't taken half a course um, for my science breadth requirement. So I had to choose: do I take uh, geology 100 or do I take biology 100? Look, looked at biology 100. Looked very tough. Geology 100. I asked around, found out that. On campus, Geology 100 was famous as rocks for jocks, right? All the athletes and others and those artsy types like myself who didn't really get science, they would take that course, right? But even when you're making that kind of decision, pray istikhara, pray istikhara. And very often, and those who pray istikhara often, they find that very often you, your initial inclination, which is, well, let me take rocks for jocks, then you may find that the other class was better you start inclining towards it and you repeat it and you're sure and you end up making a decision that was far better for you in your worldly life and in your deen in ways that were unimaginable to you 
in ways that were unimaginable to you. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the good wherever it may be and that we be granted success and contentment in the ways that are most beneficial to us. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Jazakum khair for your patience. And I'll hand it over to the moderator, inshallah, for the questions and answers. Jazakallah khair for listening. Please support Seekers Hub Global continue to facilitate free access of reliable religious guidance to seekers throughout the world by supporting the Knowledge Without Barriers initiative. You can donate by visiting www.seekershub.org forward slash donate.